After his weird, awkward, odd conversation with the Nihilist, and before the next day, Morgan's gonna head back to the warehouse, and hopefully Roland's there, and he's just gonna go up to him and say, man, I've had a fucking weird night, and, uh... I think it's some shit you'll be interested in. So he'll proceed to tell Roland about the writing on the inside of the suit that he found. The vision that he had about the contingency and continuity and about his conversation that he had with the nihilist and kind of their agreement that they came to. And depending on what Roland had has from from that, uh, you know, he'll take him over while he's telling this and he'll he'll go over and uh, you know include Paku Paku in the conversation, although he's imagining he's not going to get a lot out of it, but he figures the influence of just them talking around him would help and, I don't know, give some love to the fish and maybe throw him a cheeseburger or something that he picked up on his way there. Uh, the next day... I suppose he'll start his day by tuning in to WSBG The Berg and seeing if he's got any leads or anything just off of news stories. But I think, like I said before, he's going to try to stay close to the sink, in the sink as much as possible to make sure that the, the people there don't get hassled. He may actually even drop down and try to talk to some people and see what everybody experienced uh, from the sept and their jackboots coming in to hassle and harangue everyone. And I think that's going to be his plan until an outside force gives him cause otherwise is he's gonna he's gonna stay in the sink and and patrol it uh, I guess him and Roland need to have that conversation about compensating his observers and if nothing comes up he's mulling it over he might go visit Bianca for some reason, Roland is awake, pacing when Morgan returns. As Morgan starts to explain to him what he's learned about the suit, Roland just keeps nodding and shaking his head and smiling, laughing, crying, perhaps. It gets to the point where Morgan stops, and Roland is just like, no, 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 go on. It's not like I knew you were going to come here and tell me this. That would be ridiculous. Go on, Chief. 
So Roland has had some sort of premonition about this or is just getting severe deja vu as Roland explains, or sorry, as Morgan explains to him what he's learned. He can tell Roland is trying to hold back when he says, I think I could uh, examine the inside of that helmet like you did, see those uh, symbols you saw. He tries not to take up too much time, but he starts copying down symbols at a pretty furious pace until finally he drops the pen, gets up and walks out of the room, just sort of like waving his hands over his head. When Morgan is like, what, what is it? Roland's like, no, 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 uh-uh, nope. Morgan sees him later elsewhere in the building with a bottle. He has not really seen Roland drink much, but Roland is drinking now steadily. He has a bottle of booze in one hand and a bottle of water in the other. He's just like, I gotta control my pace a little bit, but I gotta get drunk. You, uh, buddy, you're, you're wearing an ancient magical argument between two magicians who to me are... They're legends, so uh, I'm going to need to hammer this one out of my head for the next 24 hours or so, and uh, then I'll get to work translating what I've found, and I'll see if I can tell you anything. Oh, speaking of telling you something, I went ahead and found out what's going on with your boy, Gillens, and uh, it's not great. You're probably going to hear about it on the news tomorrow, but I'll tell you what my uh, source told me. And Morgan notices when Roland says source, he rubs his left wrist, sort of unconsciously. He says, some strong men types, they don't really like his uh, aesthetic. I think he's been kidnapped. Well... I know he's been kidnapped. I just think he's alive still, but you might want to look into that. I can give you a location. And he gives Morgan an address. The address where Roland's spirit ally last saw Brian Gillens being held is outside the sink. It's along the river in what is, at the moment, sort of considered strongman territory, partly because that's where the Longshoremen's Union uh, headquarters are. There's like a union office, there's a bunch of docks, there's a sort of concentration of like uh, Longshoremen's Union guys there, and many, if not most of them, are strongmen. So, um... It's toward the... It's it's north of the sink on the uh, west bank of the river. I'm assuming that Morgan is going to sleep despite hearing this news and that he will still get up in the morning and tune into the berg. So um, I will do that here in a moment. I'll give you the, the uh, 
WSBG morning newscast, and then we'll go from there. So this is what Morgan hears on WSBG The Berg the next morning. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Doggy Corner here on WSBG The Berg, your source for all news and informative research on your favorite four-legged friends. I'm Frederick Jameson VI, and I am here today to talk to you about the rise of a new popular breed here in our fair city, uh, the um, Basenji. Yes, uh, after a, a, a recent... Uh, 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 fine, uh, showing at the uh, Kennel Club dog show. This, uh, African hound, uh, is becoming increasingly uh, sought after, and, uh, uh, you'll see many, uh, more of them now uh, on the uh, Riverside Park, dog park, Riverside Dog Park. Uh, on the uh, leashes of some of the young hip people. <laughs> Talk, <you> okay? <laughs> fine, fine. That's uh, <coughs> that's all the time we have for doggy quarter today. Just uh. Quick word from our sponsor is uh, uh, impure, pure, pure, pure doggy uh, drink food. Uh, and uh, that's all today for dog time. Dog? Do, 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 ar, ar, do, ar, ar, do, ar, ar, do, 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 do. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to Dog Corner. I'm Lupus Andretti with your WSBG morning news report. Stringersburg Police Department are following up on rumors that local media figure and frequent WSBJ guest Brian Gillens may have been a target for political violence. The report started to come in last night after Gillens sent a text message and photo to several close friends and business associates, giving simply an address and a blurry image of a hooded figure. Speculation that Gillans has been targeted by extremist elements of the Strong American Men Party has been running rampant since he ran a series of short pieces and opinion columns critiquing the fundamental ideas behind the Strong American Men Party's ideology. Tensions have been high in the city for a long time, now, in the wake of the election, the Stringersburg Police Department are taking all complaints of politically-minded violence seriously. We here at WSBG feel we have the right and privilege to point out that other relevant law enforcement agencies, such as the state police, county sheriff's office, and perhaps even the Federal Bureau of Investigation, may be relevant players in this investigation. Now we go to Businessburg with our financial consultant, Jerry Johns.
Okay, so the rest of the stuff is not that important. I was going to improv some money guy shit, but I hit the wrong button on my fucking app, so just don't worry about it. The Brian Gillens thing is the important part, and it just sort of dovetails with what I said already earlier. He feels bad about it, but he is going to sleep because with the way things have been, he... Figures he needs to get in as soon as he, or get as much in as he possibly can, but he's going to be up early. I imagine Roland's either passed out or just completely shit hammered. So he's going to go over to Paku Paku, you know, walk down the steps or the hole or wherever he's at down in the basement and it's like, hey, uh, Paku, you, uh, Keep an eye, kind of, you know, check out, check on uh, Roland here every now and then. Make sure that he's still breathing. Keep him safe for me, if you would. Thanks, bud. And he's going to head out. And he's going to head for the address that Roland gave him, trying to find Brian. And he's not going to worry... Uh, so much about staying on rooftops and everything now, seeing how the the suit's working. But he's gonna he's gonna keep an eye out for people that register for one side or the other of of continuity or contingency. And if you can. Uh, refresh my memory as to because he saw Bianca when we first started Morgan's story arc and saw that she was showed up on the Fado vision I was just curious as to what uh, hue or color that she showed up as but when he gets close to the, the address he's going to you know, do the normal cautious approach, uh, stay in stealth, and he is assuming that this is going to get violent and, and doesn't have a problem with that because these guys are kidnappers and general assholes, so he plans to hand some people their asses, but he is going to keep a eye out for the desist program. One thing that I forgot to cover real quick is Morgan's psychology of what's been going on with the way Roland reacted and the, the vision that he had. He's just, he's taken aback and the reason why he's just like straight into trying to find Brian is because it's a distraction and he doesn't really know what to do with the information that he's got right now. So that's the reason why he's kind of just jumping straight into this is he, like I said, doesn't know what to think, but also I guess kind of doesn't want to think about the giant repercussions because he's never really been a big picture type of person so I guess he's having a the beginnings of a 
of a crisis of you know he he thought that this hero stuff was going to be less complex than it has been you know kind of like the the first year that he started doing it where it was just stopping purse snatchers and small time crooks and everything and he was completely content with doing that and now it's this large sweeping grand scope kind of deal or at least that's how he's interpreting it so the color scheme of continuity and contingency is a recent development it's only started since he examined the suit more closely and had that vision so so back when he looked at Bianca and she registered to his fate vision it wasn't yet uh, classifying people or things in that way so he would have to look at her again to see and you did mention that he was going to maybe check on her, so we'll work that into this day somehow. Um, I'm assuming this is day seven. Let's just share that assumption, and if somebody later on down the road corrects us, one of us or a listener or, um, you know, Jesus or something, then that's fine. We'll fix it later. Um, so Roland when Morgan goes to see him, is lying slumped against a uh, an, an old radiator with a lit cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Um, but it seems to just be smoldering constantly and and not actually being consumed. It's a it's a perpetual cigarette, and there's a like a half inch of ash on it that just doesn't fall. It's just sitting there. Um, Morgan grabs him under the arms and hauls him closer to a pool of water, and asks Paku to watch over him and. Paku makes some weird word salad in response. It's like, Ki se fe fase se rolo go bado safe, safe. And then it says, yes, yes, safe. On his way over to the address where Roland's spirit contact last saw Brian Gillens. Morgan doesn't notice anyone registering in any strong way as part of either contingency or continuity. So I'm assuming he's just walking quickly on street level, and he occasionally notices somebody with a slight reddish or bluish tint. But some of them fade even as he's watching or they sort of shimmer into and out of existence they seem like they're more potentials than actual um, affiliations like these are people who could be wrapped into one or the other he does notice that even 
symbolic representations of people are sometimes affected. For instance, he's walking by a newsstand and there's a headline with the name Greg Greenwell and Greenwell Greenwell's name on all the headlines on every copy of the paper is not black like the rest of the ink to him, but red. So Greenwell is apparently associated with continuity. When Morgan gets near the address, he starts to see evidence that people have cleared out of this area. It's an old office building. Well, I guess it's not old. Um, it's an abandoned office building. And it's in a sort of um, corporate park. Like this whole block, the whole square block is a sort of complex. Um, there's like a low wall around the whole thing or just a... a yeah, there is. There's like a low wall around the whole area, and um, he can tell that the address he's been given is inside there. Some of the buildings are tall enough that they poke over it. In fact, they all are. It's like a one-story wall, and, and all of the buildings are at least three. Um, there's, a, there's like a ten-story tower in the center, and... Um, from the way the sound is sort of bouncing around inside there, he thinks there are um, empty areas, maybe corridors or courtyards. Um, but there's a lot of pigeons around here. Parts of the wall are just like stained with bird poop. Nobody seems to have used this area for a while. There's a big sign with a property developer's name on it at some point on the wall. And um, for like half a block in any direction from it, there's just like maybe shops with their shutters pulled down or grimy looking apartment buildings. Nothing that's getting a lot of traffic. So this area is quiet and sort of isolated. It's a weird spot. Um, but he doesn't see any immediate threats, so I presume Morgan advances inside. Once he gets inside the wall, he just sort of climbs over easily. All the, all the entrances that he can find are uh, padlocked, chained and padlocked. And um, once he's climbed inside, he keeps getting hints of movement but can't seem to catch up with the people who he's noticing. It becomes clear pretty quickly that the address he's looking for is the central tower. So he heads in there and starts to search the building. When he reaches the top floor, his legs are burning from the climb. The elevators are all boarded up non-functional and when he reaches the top floor he finally hears the sound of somebody breathing he's been checking on each floor as he goes up just going through quickly and hasn't seen any sign of anyone 
When he reaches the top floor, he hears a persistent scraping, shuffling sound, as well as someone's heavy breathing. Following the noise, he can maneuver through what used to be, uh, he can maneuver through what used to be, uh, sort of a warren of offices and little hallways to this one open plan area. And in the middle of it, he can see Brian Gillens tied to a chair, trying to like pull himself across the floor by taking little, uh, little like steps forward, not steps, by like dragging the chair a little bit. He's, uh, bound to it at the ankles with um, rolls of duct tape and his uh, hands are behind his back too. He's got a gag in and he looks like he's been slapped around a bit but almost in a perfunctory way like purely purely for visual effect and uh, Morgan is starting to get the sense that this is a setup 